Hello everybody, and welcome to the very first ever episode of the long-anticipated and probably overdue Celtic Combat, which is something I've been looking forward to for such a long time. And as I say, in an ideal world, I would have started this far sooner than I have. But look, better late than never, and I felt like, with it being the new year, there's probably not many better chances for me to start up a new segment here on Straight Outta Cloyne. And yes, this is still the Straight Outta Cloyne podcast, but this will be almost like a sister show to it, which we will be doing every week, known as Celtic Combat. As the logo says, it will be me and Alex. Alex isn't here today just because of some timing issues, but he will be here in the future. So don't panic, all you big Alex Marks. This show is something I'm very excited about because... It gives me a chance to talk about something I absolutely adore, and that is the world of combat sports. Everything from the worlds of mixed martial arts, boxing, and professional wrestling. And yes, we will be talking about pro wrestling. And before people start getting angry, let's just let's just clear something out of the way. So yes, I am very aware that professional wrestling is not a quote-unquote real sport. I'm very aware the outcomes are scripted, the outcomes are predetermined, that the wrestlers going in there are putting on a show it's a performance but it's a very physical performance with some of the greatest athletes in the world and it does fall under the combat sport bracket so if you don't like it don't listen to it go fuck yourself i don't care i'm gonna be talking about it i'm a lifelong wrestling fan a pro wrestling referee so we will be talking things pro wrestling on this show so i've not yet decided what day celtic combat is going to come out every week this is obviously coming out on a monday morning and that might end up being the time that this gets released every week but it's still tbd but we'll see hopefully in the next couple of weeks i'll have decided on a day and really lads this episode is just to talk about and discuss what we're going to be doing on this show uh, we're obviously going to be talking about all the big news in the worlds of combat sports i am eventually hoping at some stage when I get a better setup, to do a watch-along slash fight companion for big combat sport events. We're lucky in January, we've got a few coming up. We've got UFC 284, we've got the Royal Rumble, and I feel like I'm forgetting something, and that'll tell you how unprepared I am for this, but I feel like there's another big event in January as well. But anyways, we'll we'll get on to that when it comes. But I would love to do some like watch-alongs over on YouTube. I think that would be a lot of fun. I think especially for those big pay-per-views. Like, I wouldn't be doing it for like Raw and SmackDown every week because, you know, that's just weekly TV, as great as it is. Pay-per-views, I think, is, is where I want to focus. And yeah, I think this episode as well, we're just going to talk about some of the big news in the world of combat in recent times. And I think without further ado, let's just get into it. I'm really excited that this is now starting. And maybe eventually this will become its own show, separate to Straight Outta Klein. But for now, I think we'll put it in as part of the Straight Outta Klein universe. So, I suppose the first bit of big news to talk about here is, unfortunately, something that is not exactly related to something that happened in a ring or an octagon. It is an altercation between Dana White and his wife of 30 plus years, which has ended up pushing back a new project that he was hoping to start. So Dana White on New Year's Eve, and yes, this is old news at this stage, but it's the first time I've been able to come on here and talk about it got into a slight altercation with his missus which ended up with him uh, getting slapped and him retaliating by slapping her back. This was in a nightclub where I'm you know obviously sure that a lot of alcohol was flowing at this stage but that is no excuse to hit a woman. Now Ariel Hawani who has 
a very documented history with Dana White, was very outspoken uh, on this matter, and I think rightly so. I think he said a lot of things that made a lot of sense. And as a response to this uh, video leaking out of this incident, the Slap League, which Dana White has started up uh, and has made a part of the UFC you know, universe, has been pushed back uh, by a week because I don't think that would look quite good on the UFC if their new kind of side... Uh, side project could um, you know it's it's replicated what's happened in, in real life for lack of a better term with Dana and his wife so yeah in, in terms of like you know to, to make this more of a combat conversation I've spoke to a couple of people Alex included about this whole slap league thing and I do think it's kind of entertaining I do think that there is a fun element to it I remember a few years ago watching videos of the slap league uh, over in Russia with Alex and Porig, and just kind of going, wow, like, this is really bizarre. This is literally just oversized men slapping each other at a table. Like, how is this considered a sport? This is kind of weird. But I ended up getting a bit, a bit, a bit you know, into it as as the, the videos and, and the contests went on. And it's obviously grown and grown and grown over the last few years to the point now where Dana White has purchased a Slap League promotion and started it up, and they'll be having their own kind of Ultimate Fighter series, which should be interesting. You know, I think it could be a, an interesting thing to watch, but I'm not sure if it's going to have quite the same impact that the Ultimate Fighter did. But could this be a bad omen for the start of this Slap League tournament? I just don't know... If it's gonna, if it's gonna take off the way they hope it will. I mean, look, I hope they prove me wrong, and I will be interested to see how it goes. But you know, it's uh, it's not off to the best start, let's just say. So it was a very interesting start to the year for the UFC and for combat sports before any punch was thrown in an octagon, which was quite interesting. In another bit of news, Dylan Dennis has pulled out of his fight with KSI to the surprise of absolutely nobody. Dylan Dennis is a very frustrating figure, and that's not just because of the way he spells his first name. It's just because, like, the man clearly has a bit of talent. Like, he's done jiu-jitsu for years, and he's quite a decent grappler. He's had a few MMA fights in Bellator. He was obviously quite close with Conor McGregor, which is probably what he's most known for. Obviously, there was the Habib incident back in 2018 that Dylan Dennis was involved in. So, like, he's known for a lot of controversial things. But he's a decent fighter on his day. Like, he's not, you know, a George St. Pierre but he, he's he's fine. He's he's fine, and he's got he's got some good techniques. I don't know how good of a boxer he is, but this is where we could find it out. KSI, who's obviously dabbled in boxing over the last few years and has obviously started up this whole Misfits boxing promotion thing. I don't know what else to call it. You know, it would have been an interesting fight that I think a lot of people would have been quite intrigued by. But I think Dylan Dennis has just completely shot himself in the foot in terms of, you know, any more opportunities that might come his way. I'm not sure if even Bellator will offer him a fight after this because he's just so unreliable. You know, it's not the first time he's ever pulled out of something. And KSI has immediately found a new opponent who is another YouTuber who, I'll be honest, I'd never heard of. And by all accounts, like, people are quite excited about this as well. But uh, it, it's it's a little bit disappointing. It's a little bit disappointing. I think this was a big chance for Dylan Dennis to prove some people wrong. Uh, KSI, I can't remember what the last boxing match he had was, but it would have been cool to see him back in there and see you know how he's developed his skills since he was last in the ring. But unfortunately, it's just not the way things have played out. And Dylan Dennis has uh, 
a lot to do now to build back up his reputation, but maybe this time he's just bit off a little bit more than he can chew in terms of not actually turning up. And, you know, I think Michael Bisping and Anthony Smith were talking about this. If Dylan Dennis just turned up to the KSI fight and lost, I think people would have had a lot more time for him. To just turn up and lose and, like, keep, like, honing his craft and, you know, at least showcase some sort of fucking skill. Actually, now that I think about it, it was actually... It wasn't Dylan Dennis they were talking about there. It was actually Jake Paul they were talking about, who was obviously signed with the PFL, but we'll get on to that in a second. But I think the same argument applies to Dylan Dennis. A lot more people would have had time for him if he turned up, even if he'd lost. Because at least you can say, well, look, at least he turned up, he didn't pull out, he showed that he can, you know, commit to these things. But, I mean, the man said he didn't even have a team, that he was kind of bouncing around different gyms. He, he wasn't, like, in, you know, an established camp Apparently, you know, there was there was weight issues, he didn't feel prepared, but he has nobody to blame but himself. So, Dylan Dennis, you'd want to get a grip, man, start spelling your first name correctly, and, you know, you you're, stop costing yourself opportunities. It's very frustrating. You've clearly got a bit of talent, you may as well go out and try and showcase it. But, moving on to what we were just talking about there briefly. Jake Paul has signed with MMA Promotion... The PFL, the Professional Fighters League. I think this is really exciting. There's obviously a little bit of controversy in the sense that he has signed a contract with a certain division, which means that he will get 50% of the revenue from any card that he fights on. And not every fighter in the PFL has that privilege, so I'm sure that will cause a bit of upset amongst the other fighters. But, to put that to one side, I do think that this is something that Jake Paul should be uh, commended for. I think it's really cool to see him testing himself. Look, he's had a few boxing fights now, and despite the fact that he's never actually fought a traditional boxer, he's fought retired mixed martial arts fighters beyond their prime, who, you know, Anderson Silva was known for his striking, but he wasn't, like, you know, a boxer per se. He was, you know, he was obviously known for for a lot of kickboxing and, and obviously, you know, again, was past his prime. Tyrone Woodley... Again, great wrestler, not known for his striking. Ben Askren, probably personified ground game in MMA and not striking. And then he fought some basketball player that I can't remember the name of who doesn't even have a combat sport background, but whatever. Uh, I'm fairly sure that was on the same card that uh, Mike Tyson... Yeah, that was the Mike Tyson fight, wasn't it? Yeah, God, that feels like it was fucking ages ago. Wow. But anyways, uh, yeah, Jake Paul signing for the PFL, I think it's quite good. I know he does have a wrestling background from his high school days, just like his brother Logan, who's obviously doing his thing in WWE at the moment. We'll talk about him again soon. Uh, But yeah, I think this is a good way for Jake Paul to challenge himself. It'll get some eyes on the PFL. I know they'll be co-promoting with uh, the Misfits promotion. So that's good for them. I think there's a lot of money to be made there, hopefully, because, you know, the last few boxing cards that Jake Paul did didn't do particularly well. They did fine, but they didn't do as well as they had hoped. And I think just the mystique had gone between Jake Paul fighting retired past their prime mixed martial arts guys in boxing matches. So it should be interesting to see how his MMA fights do. I know he's offered Nate Diaz a two-fight deal, uh, a boxing match first, and then six months later, an MMA fight, which could be interesting. Uh, But again, I think it's quite interesting for Jake Paul, who's such a big guy, to be challenging a lightweight in Nate Diaz, as great as he is. And, you know, he's obviously a very important fighter in the history of mixed martial arts and one of the most, you know, one of the most popular stars that the UFC ever had. But, you know, Jake Paul is a bigger guy and size does count. So 
I don't know if it's the best fight in terms of like styles and matchups, but in terms of personalities, it could be good. It could be good. So, you know, good on Jake Paul. Uh, you know, this could eventually maybe lead to a fight in the UFC eventually. I think, again, a lot of people have said it, but I think it, it deserves repeating. If CM Punk can have two fights in the UFC, having no combat sport background and purely being brought in based off his WWE background, then there is no reason why the Paul brothers can't have a go at MMA and eventually in the UFC with their legit combat sport backgrounds, you know, obviously wrestling from a very young age and then getting into boxing at at a very high level, even though they could still do a higher level, but listen, still a high level nonetheless. Like, yeah, there's just no reason why they can't do it. No reason why they can't do it. On to the WWE news. Obviously, it's Royal Rumble month, and it's a very exciting time of the year. I think the Royal Rumble, like WrestleMania is the biggest pay-per-view of the year, but the Royal Rumble is the most exciting pay-per-view of the year. Last year's Royal Rumble, unfortunately, wasn't that great. I thought it was one of the weaker ones. It was so weak, in fact, that Shane McMahon, who produced the Royal Rumble, got fired afterwards by his own dad. I mean, come on, there was one surprise entrant, well, two surprise entrants in the Rumble that Shane McMahon produced. The first one was Bad Bunny, who admittedly I have a lot of time for, because, holy shit, he's really, really good. I'd never even heard of him before he did that performance at the Royal Rumble in 2021 of his song Booker T., Uh, I'd never heard of the man, but he's obviously a big wrestling fan, a huge hip-hop star amongst um, the Latino side of things. And he did really, really well for someone who had never laced up a pair of boots before, so he deserves a lot of credit for that. But he was the first surprise entrant, and the second one, in a match produced by Shane McMahon, was Shane McMahon himself. And I remember at the time I was like, okay, that's, that's cool. It's Shane O'Mac, whatever, a bit of nostalgia, but it was quite a letdown. I didn't have a problem with Brock winning it. I just thought they could have handled it a bit better. Obviously, this will be the first Royal Rumble under Triple H's creative um, control, which is quite exciting to see what that's going to be like. Uh, And obviously, in other news in WWE, Vince McMahon has returned to the board. Now, I've seen people going fucking apeshit over this, but I don't get it. He's not in control of creative. He's not running things uh, above Triple H. He's not in any sort of management position. He's just on the board. And, like, it's his company at the end of the day. And the plan for Vince is to sell the company. And I think that's that's literally all he's done. He's come back to the board to sell the company. And he's not interfering in the creative side of things or the managerial side of things. So it's not something that... I think people should be too worried about. Like, Triple H is fully under control. That's not going to change anytime soon. Like, Vince is a very old man who... I thought 2022 was a very good year for WWE even before Triple H took over. But, you know, Vince obviously was in charge for a good chunk of 2022. And I thought the product was doing really well, even under Vince's uh, outlook. So, I wouldn't be too concerned. I wouldn't be too concerned. Another bit of breaking news as well is that Money in the Bank this year will be held in the O2 Arena in London, the first major pay-per-view in London for over 20 years. Obviously, last year, WWE did their first UK pay-per-view show, major pay-per-view show, 
uh, in 30 years at uh, Clash at the Castle in Cardiff, which me and Alex were uh, in attendance for live. And it was such a great week, such a great show. And honest to God, like that was the first pay-per-view I've ever seen live. I've been to many a live event and many a house show, but it was the first pay-per-view I got to attend live. And yes, I will still call them pay-per-views and not premium live events. Don't at me. But uh, obviously, they'll be returning to the UK this year for Money in the Bank, which is one of their major pay-per-views. And I'm telling you, lads, it's only a matter of time before the UK gets a WrestleMania. I think in the next two or three years, WrestleMania will be in the UK. And I reckon it'll be Wembley. I have a feeling that's why Clash at the Castle was was the first one. I think they wanted to just like do a UK pay-per-view. Uh, in a huge stadium, and I like I don't think you could have picked a much better one than Cardiff, and I think they want to hold off on Wembley until they get WrestleMania, and I do think that will happen. Uh, I will 100% be at that show as well. I won't be attending Money in the Bank at the O2. I'm actually going to a WWE house show two days before in Dublin, the first WWE show in Dublin since uh, 2019. I was there as well. Uh, so I'll be bringing my siblings to their first ever WWE show, which is really, really exciting, but it's going to be nice that two days later... I can watch Money in the Bank at a normal hour on a Saturday night with my takeaway. That's really exciting. So that will be uh, that'll be a lot of fun. But speaking of shows taking place in the O2 Arena in London, UFC 286 obviously will be there as well on the 18th of March, a show that I am hoping to attend live. Cannot yet confirm 100%, but I'm hoping that I will. Uh, and obviously that looks like it's going to be a great card. We've obviously got Leon Edwards returning to defend his middleweight title. Returning to the, to the UK, I should say, to defend his middleweight title. As of this recording, we still don't know if it's going to be a rematch against Kamara Usman or if it's going to be a match against Jorge Masvidal. It's not yet confirmed. But either way, no matter who he faces, I think it's going to be quite exciting. Paddy Pimblett, you'd expect, would maybe fight on this card. I know that he's said in the past that he feels like he's outgrown the O2 Arena in London, which I think is a bit of an unfair thing to say, because it's a great arena. And yeah, I get it, like, he's fought on two fight nights there. But I don't think... I don't think it would be a bad thing to fight in the first UK UFC pay-per-view since, what, 2016, I think, when Bisping fought Dan Henderson? I'm fairly sure it was the last one in the UK, pay-per-view-wise. Obviously, they've done fight nights there, but they haven't done a number pay-per-view there since then. That was in Manchester. Uh, as far as I know, this is the first one since then. But, like, what what a better opportunity. Like, if he doesn't want to fight in it because he feels like, you know, he needs a longer rest between fights, I think that's fair. But to say you've outgrown the O2 Arena, I think, is very, very unfair. But anyways, it promises to be a very fun night. Uh, Anthony Smith, of course, one of my favourites. Uh, one of the, uh, the legends of the Believe You Me podcast as well. Uh, he should be fighting in March too if the... Uh, uh, light heavyweight title fight easy for me to say in Brazil doesn't require him he's obviously the backup fight for that but I'd love to see Anthony Smith fight in person so hopefully that will be something uh, that I can attend live as well another event I will be attending live is Bellator MMA in Dublin on the 26th or 25th of February I think Whatever the Saturday is, I'm fairly sure it's the 25th yes it is the 25th because it's three days before my birthday that's very very exciting as well Big welterweight title fight in the main event that night and some Irish talent fighting on that card as well. So it should be fun. It's great to see Bellator doing as many events as they are in Dublin. 
Um, hopefully the UFC might have a fight night in Dublin as well some stage soon. There was supposed to be one in 2020, uh, but obviously COVID changed that. There was supposed to be an NXT takeover or a UK takeover um, in Dublin as well. That was supposed to be NXT NXT UK takeover Dublin in April of 2020, but obviously that got cancelled, which was a shame. So hopefully these things can happen in the near future. I know NXT UK isn't a thing anymore. It'll be NXT Europe, but all the more reason for them to do a show in Dublin. So yeah, lads, that's going to wrap it up for the pilot episode of Celtic Combat. I am very, very excited to see where this show goes. Hopefully, we can have some interviews on this show as well. I think if I'm bringing in any person from the combat sport universe, I think this is the show to have them on. That would be really, really exciting. And yeah, I cannot wait to have Alex on here as well. And just to get this show properly started. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Please let me know if there's anything in specific you would like me to cover on this show. Obviously, the main things to be covering will be UFC and WWE and the big boxing news. But of course, I'd like to cover some other things as well uh, in the lower leagues of these sports slash industries. Because there's a lot of good stuff happening in the, the lower leagues as well. And it's okay to say lower leagues. Like Bellator, AEW and, I don't know, you are like not YouTube boxing, but you know... Um, well, I suppose that that's probably the higher level boxing at this stage. But, you know, th- those kind of lower level, not lower level, that's that's the wrong thing to say. The not as popular promotions, because let's be honest, Bellator is a great number two promotion for MMA. But that's what it is. AEW is a good number two promotion for wrestling. But that's what it is. And I already know I'm going to piss so many people off by saying that. The YouTube boxing scene is quite popular, but it's still a new era of boxing. It's It's a very young you know, part of boxing, of the history of boxing. So these things, you know, mightn't get as much coverage as the other things. The YouTube boxing may be a bit more than Bellator and AEW, but we'll see how things go. Maybe there's times where I can cover those, you know, shows that don't get watched as much. I can do like a specific segment for that. But anyways, let me know what you want to see. I'll leave it here now, lads. Thank you all so much for listening, and I'll talk to you on the next one.